welcome to the Spinner Rack, episode number two. This is the Patreon-exclusive show all about comic books. Um, I am Todd Oxtra, one of your hosts, joined by Charlie Carden. Woohoo! Um, comic book stuff! <laughs> absolutely. So we try to figure out the comics we want to cover, and I thought, well, Ant-Man's coming out. Um, and King is going to be the main villain. So we haven't really read a King-centric only story ever. I've read stories with the villain, and Charlie, I don't think you have either. Uh, was there another big King, King, like one that was just about him? Because, yeah, he's, I mean, he's a villain going back to 1963 or so, but uh, yeah. Um, oh, no, and, and this he's, goes back to 1963 and 1964. It just depends on which Kang you're talking about. Which exactly. Is- into but yeah no i mean he was you know with always it was like world war king this or blah 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 this thing or that thing and you know all the different you know he's fighting different versions of himself which is of course what the this this book that we're going to talk all about is is him exactly and that book is man versus self yes that book is king the conqueror came out in 2021 it ran five uh issues i think that was the plan to tell a story arc and that was it um Yep, and uh, this is written by uh, Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing. I haven't read anything from them before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carlos Magno is the penciler, and Mike Del Mundo was the cover artist. Del Mundo. Um, yeah, it's a, currently available to buy through, I believe it's graphic novel uh, or comic book collection, Trade Proof Rec. Uh, also available through... Uh, I, we read this on Marvel Unlimited, so I'm right. not sure if it's available on Comixology either, because sometimes they do collections of Marvel stuff right. there as well. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, right. So if, you know, if, if even by the time this drops at the end of this week, Comixology still exists, you never know. <laughs> yeah, so as you mentioned, Kang, his first appearance, he's uh, one of the constant villains of the Avengers and mm-hmm. the Fantastic Four, and created by Stanley and Jack Kirby back in the day. So this is a heritage villain who, quite honestly, has never been at the top tier of anyone's. You know, right. you know, just as you think of like the best villains, but he's definitely right. got a lot to him that makes him an interesting character to go back to as a foil. And he right. has made many appearances throughout time. So Kang, as you mentioned, Rama Tut in Fantastic Four number nineteen, that was his first appearance as Kang. Mm-hmm. The Avengers. He's been a Mortis. He's been uh, various re- versions. If you read um, Young Avengers, he was, uh, I believe, Metal Lad was an incarnation of Kang um, gotcha. as well. All right. Yeah. Okay. So typically, a lot of flim flam involved with Kang. And um, so this book came out in 2021. Um, and I'll just give the quick synopsis: The man called Kang the Conqueror has been a pharaoh, a villain, a warlord of the space ways, and even on rare occasions, a hero across all timelines. One fact seemed absolutely Absolute. Time means nothing to King the Conqueror, but the truth is more complex. King is caught in an endless cycle of creation and destruction dictated by time and previously unseen by any but the Conqueror himself. So this series, um, I just want to start off by saying it's really well um, illustrated. I thought the, mm-hmm. the, the artwork was great. Right. And I, no, thought, I, I thought it was really cool to have the story of the villain Um kind of leading us, you know, not knowing what we really know about Kang and from his perspective was really well done. Um, right. So I, I give him kudos because it's tricky to pull this off. We haven't had many successful villain centric books. Right. Um, I think the Joker had one in like the seventies, which was just kind of goofy and silly. Right. Um, other than that, we had what doom 2099. I think doom has had some spinoff books. Right. Um, yeah. Lex Luthor <clears throat> might've had a, 
comic back in the past. There's been Probably. one shots and things like that as well. Um, yeah, the, but, the one shot seems to be more where this would land. And it was got it was years ago, and I should I should search it up and try to find out somebody you know. And it was through Screen Ran or uh, you know Comic Book News took like here's the entire history of Kang, and even trying to explain oh. how that all ties in how you know you know Kang and, and this this book did a great way of like the newcomer this is such a great entry point to anyone who really wants to be familiar with what the traditional upbringing of Kang is because you don't necessarily know what we're going to see in the film you know we saw the a version of the character of Kang in Loki season 1 he was was it what was he the who shall not be named or some such he was not called exactly Kang. like the time master i think right exactly yeah, he was yeah. the yeah he was because the time masters it was the whole thing about the series oh well the time masters don't blah blah and they were three you know they were three MacGuffins at the end of it uh and it all turns out that it was him but then loki kills him and he dies but again kang is, is unkillable kang. Yeah. you can't kill kang but yeah no this story really perfectly illustrates the classic origin uh, of Kang, 32nd century, he's a descendant of Reed Richards of the Fantastic Four, Nathaniel Richards. He's a kid, he's, he's too smart for his own good, life is super boring to him because he lives in this saccharine society of people who do nothing, and uh, he... I, I read this a couple of weeks ago now, so if I remember, but he breaks into a museum to, uh, to study, to learn, and... Uh, to, doesn't he, he, it's a, he finds a doom bot and activates one of Dr. Doom's doom bots. And then mm-hmm. he's off to the races because that leads him to then meeting the real Kang who takes him into the past and, or he takes him into the distant past to, you know, live in the woods and spend a year. He's like, well, no, he takes some him into, hard okay. training, some Batman yeah. style, hard training. <laughs> he takes him into the ancient earth where it's, well, it's one year until the, 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 the meteorite hits that's going to wipe out the dinosaurs. It's 65 million years in the past. And he says, you're going to learn in that because you only got 12 months to learn how to basically how to be a man, son. Burr, 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 you know, and it's like, go out and kill a dinosaur with your bare hands or something. But it sets in motion all the things that make Kang this tragic character. His love for, uh, you know, is, I'm trying to think it's Ravenna or Ravana that goes across the ages and Ravana, as you find out as the series goes on, is exactly the same as Kang. Endless permutations can't die, but they can never be together. He that he spends the entirety of the series once he gets out of the you know the the dinosaur time, and he has to kill the older Kang to steal his stuff, and then he jumps forward, but he also ends up in ancient Egypt just in time to meet Ramu Tut, but then conquer him. And then the fantastic four make their classic appearances. Like, Oh my goodness. And apocalypse shows up because there is a relationship between that, that was, was a really cool <laughs> twist, which I really yeah. like. Didn't, didn't, yeah, because it, I mean, Apocalypse is a character from the 80s from the first run of X Factor. So there was no interconnectivity back in the day where the, the Ramatut no. story uh, took place in 1963 and it was very early on in the Fantastic Four run. Yeah. So. And Sabanur is he's the first mutant uh, back in the day. Right. And, and in, in ancient times, he was a slave. Um, kind of similar to the black cat of storyline, which is kind of like everything's all connected. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, and you know, one of the big parts of this is all about Kang as we see him, he is a bitter, broken man obsessed. And he says, don't fall in love or don't love. love. Yeah. Don't Don't love. love. And, and it's essentially the self, this is all about the self fulfilling prophecy, Mm -hmm. which is entertaining because, he keeps seeing the character saying, I'm not going to be like him. I'm going to do something different. 
And I'm not going to be like my dad. Yeah, exactly. Like every (laughs) time Kay, you know, Nathaniel feels like he can make a change to, to basically find love and find a different path. There's hijinks. It's, it's, it's like, there's always a flaw with time travel. Um, Time travel is once again, the rules are always weird depending on right. which incarnation it is. It's like, oh, you can do this. It's the back. Is it the back to the future rules? Is it right. uh, the butterfly effect rules? We right. never know. Right. Um, exactly. And that's what this was really dealing with in five issues. And um, I mean, everything Nathaniel f- tried to push back to let him to where he was. And in this, mm-hmm. as this wrapped up, you get like that last shot of, you know, kind of where, I don't know if it's going to be a different path or not, but it was kind of like he set Nathaniel on a path as Kang as Nathaniel. Right. And right. Yeah, it gets a little mind screwy. Appearing um, this evening as Kang as Nathaniel is Nathaniel is Ramutad as Immortus. And the Immortus part of it I'm missing because when 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 and how did Immortus come into things again? Uh, that's a great question. I think it might have been one of those. It, because it doesn't touch this, yeah. Yeah, I'd have to look that up, but it, it was interesting because, you know, you saw Nathaniel had through different time periods in this, and then you saw him kind of like take different paths, like being merciful at one mm-hmm. point to someone that was a villain and that actually ended up backfiring on him with Ravana mm-hmm. being shot. And that right. kind of was the breaking point because for him, I, I kind of felt at that point, he's like, I've tried it all. <laughs> right. And it's not changing. So I'm going to be the mad scientist now and essentially make a, what, Chronopolis, the city of Right, time? which is, I think that factors really prominently into, into Quantumania, the movie that's coming out. Yeah. Said, yeah, he's in Chronopolis. And Chronopolis was the, that was the hub of the Lego Avengers 2, Lego Avengers 2? Lego Lego of it was Lego Marvel superheroes too. That's what it was. It was it was the whole. Oh, so that's what uh, yeah. Quantum Mania is based on Lego. Marvel I certainly hope so because <laughs> I want to be able to see you. I want to be able to choose my character and then he can swim and do this different stuff and then and do stacking these Legos tasks. to solve puzzles. He does. Yeah. He's got to be able to collect gold studs to be able to be able to it's buy other characters. It's good. I mean, it's yeah. great. It very very push a button, choose your own adventure. Yeah. Yeah, with Chronopolis, he basically makes a city that's composed on time energy to then essentially create infinite opportunities for Ravana to be reborn so he right. can finally love her. And it's great. They, the one page, it was like, ten, like a ton of different panels to right. show how it always goes wrong in a different way. Right, exactly. Yeah, there's nothing about time travel from, you know, Back to the Future, which, yeah, they managed to wrangle it around somehow to like, end game where they're like yeah but still thanos still use this as a way to come forward and still like do it all over again you know you just you know what is tony stark said you mess with time it tends to mess back you know it's just it, and what's great about all of it is that there is no what's the the famous line from you know uh do you remember the old uh, was it max landis his old thing about the death of superman and he says well i asked my dad once he says you know something about werewolves he says it can be anything you want because it's not real uh so there, there are no rules about time travel because time travel is not real i've never met a time traveler i have you know what how do you know that i'm not from the 17th century oh my spine i've got the scurvy uh- <laughs> exactly you never tell uh, yeah yeah I, I brought all these diseases for you yeah, exactly. Enjoy. You yeah. may have met a time traveler, and that maybe it was a time traveler that gave us COVID. You never know. Oh exactly. God! Now yes. what have I done? I've started a new conspiracy theory. Yeah. Sorry about that. So, um, I like I said, I've never read uh, in a comic by these two 
authors, but um, I, I think their approach to Kang was really fresh. It was great. I don't know um, if we're going to see this, to, like you said, in, in Quantumania or not, if this will be part right. of that what inspired it. Um, but um, along with that, the art was really, really great. Yeah, they I thought, nailed it. They yeah. nailed it. I, I kind of like a traditional style where, you know, people look like people, uh, you know, even because you didn't get, you know, yes, you got some more fantastical elements, you know, the dinosaurs and you had ancient people, this and different stories that different cities that and this and that. So um, I think it was well served by a more kind of down to earth style, you know, kind of a more of a meat potatoes kind of deal. Not quite, you know, Steve Ditko, but a little bit more like John Romita Sr., so to yeah, speak. Actually, it reminded me of Carlos Pacheco. He was an artist that just passed away not that long ago. He did a right. series called Avengers Infinity, I think is what it was called. It was a 12-part maxi series, and it was dealing with Kang as well. So I don't know if they were oh, trying to gotcha. make that style, but it's, it oh, was a really be. good book at the time. Really pretty and, yeah, told basically yeah. It was a, a Kang story based on that. So really, really well done. Um, and it, it, it is interesting with uh, this book. It didn't go really into like the cameos of like heroes. It didn't have a lot of cameos distracted you. It was right. really finally focused on what it was right. doing and what it was trying to accomplish. So I, I think I give them kudos to that. And this right. is where Marvel, I think really succeeds in a lot of their stories when they do these one-offs because um, it gets you away from some of those, I don't know, more of the, the, the hackneyed and the, the tried and true. And I think right. these, these are the type of stories I think are great. And because they're on Marvel as a whole, there's no like vertigo for Marvel. There's, right. there's not like the, the, mm-hmm. the Marvel Knights line anymore. It's right. kind of harder to find more of these less cartoonish stories. Right. Um, it would yeah, be great yeah, if they exactly. made a line that was kind of like more focused on more of those, like, like the call it the Marvel's line. I don't know. Like where you had the, the Marvel's, Marvel's by Alex Ross. So right. yeah. Yeah. A little bit more uh, the, the epic, the showpiece, the the Sergeant Pepper's, you know, the the big masterpiece yeah, kind of more deal. of yeah. the the high art. Not that it, you know, comics can all be great, but I think right. it's more of the this is the type of story that you could give to other people and say, right, here's read this, and they don't feel like they have to, had to read a billion stories, right? Um, that, and and that's it. what in DC why I always love the Elseworlds, Elseworlds tales above any and my favorite is one that I that went in and out of print I think it's back in print but it's not digital the uh, I've talked about it before the uh, Superman Batman generations where you, you mm-hmm. meet them in the 1940s and then they just they age normal forward so you're watching things go and Clark and Lois get married and they have a kid who has no powers and he's really a dick, but he goes to Vietnam and I think his own troops kill him. And it's just like a lot of like very like weird, like, Oh boy, Superman had a son. who was kind of jackass, you know, it was just kind of cool, weird twist, but you could be like, okay, well this story is over now and I can go back to, you know, doing something else or the old what ifs tales. You know, I'd love those series obviously with that Marvel did throughout the seventies and eighties and nineties. And they do a lot of little one shots here and there now. So yeah. So but yeah, um, yeah. This this was a great one. I I really enjoyed this. And like I said, they took the elements of everything that's a you know juggling act with Kang the character, and they said, "Here's what you know. What's my motivation? This was his motivation. This is what he was always after." Um, and you didn't have to find a way to catalog all of his appearances and say, you know, he went here and you didn't have to have the vision board, like in, you know, the, the crazy conspiracy board, to figure out where he came from and what he did and why he's, you know, eight different people and and why. So this was great. And it's all, and it's all Canon, so to speak, uh, shoot your cannon out of Canon. That's, that's what, what it is with Kang who doesn't care about Canon because he's everywhere all the time. He can make his own. He makes his Canon constantly. Um, and to your point, Charlie, I think this is a, essentially taking all that was there before to build up to Kang and to say, to boil it down to 
this is really what matters with Kang. Everything right. else is just willy nilly. It was like Stanley and Jack Kirby are like, Hey, we need to bring somebody in. Oh, let's draw in Kang. And this time he's the ringmaster. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> he's that guy with the hat. Exactly. <laughs> the he's got space powers and he does the thing and he, and then he runs away and we, he comes back another day when we need him. It's like the, it's yeah, like right. the Marvel vault of vil- like villains. That they just bring out every once in a while. Oh, we haven't it's seen a, it, it's, the porcupine it's in five, five years. Here he is. Yeah, right. Well, it was the way with like uh, Spider-Man villains. You get like Doc Ock every like twenty issues, or exactly. you know, which was like every two years. Like, oh, he's back again because there was just the one story, and they had to just rotate through who's alive or you know they don't ever kill anybody off. But so and so just got out of just escaped from you know the the Electro just escaped from prison and he's back. So yeah, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I think this is a, a great book if you wanted to really get a, the the heart of Kang um, mm-hmm. along with Loki. I think is a good companion piece uh, to that right before Quantumania, which is coming out uh, middle of this month or in February. So um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is a great way to get yourself prepared. So um, I really enjoyed this book and I'd highly recommend it to. Uh, those who are listening to this pod- this podcast now. This podcast, for yes, and as we mentioned, you can find that on Marvel Unlimited. Marvel Unlimited is great. We've had it for a number of years, and it's the it's the all-you-can-eat Marvel. They publish, you know, most all of their new stuff there on a three-month delay. There's a backlog that's probably over 30,000 comics at this point. Uh, and it's pretty much everything they do except a lot of licensed stuff, even though, you know, you, you do find all the Star Wars. There. What's nice about the Star Wars, which I, I do dabble in from time to time, is that they have a lot of the older stuff that they, they reacquire, so the Legends and the dark horse stuff so there's more than just stuff literally published by marvel that you can find there which is pretty cool so i think it's i think it's definitely worth it but uh, probably again also on comicsology if that happens to still exist by the time we're talking um and of course at your local comic shop if you are a uh if you are a in the you know holding it between your hands reading a comic guy please support local go see your local comic shop for these and they will they will hook you up Absolutely. Maybe even your library has it. You know, you never know. The library. Um, I love it. Yes, library. You, your taxes pay for it, so why not? So, um, everyone, uh, this has been uh, Spinner Rack number two. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, coming to Patreon every other Friday. So it'll be there in audio and video form. So please check it out. And once again, thank you to our patrons who make this all possible. Uh, if you have any suggestions, uh, future comics you'd like us to check us out, please let us know. By all means, we need the material. We're only two guys. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you very much. Uh, with that, once again, reminder to check out our Patreon, and you'll be up to speed on everything we're doing and keep you informed. We're in our Discord group, and also check out SeekFriendsUnite.com for all things we have out in our repertoire of cool content. So thank you very much, everyone. Once again, I'm Todd Oxtra. Find me at Oxtra. Charlie Carden. Charlie Carden at the C3 at most stuff. And uh, you can find me around. Obviously, in our Discord is my favorite. So, yeah, come see us there. Bye, friends. Thanks for stopping by. Bye-bye. Excelsior. Excelsior. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit SecretFriendsUnite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server, or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.